to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ, and today we left the Movie Film Studios Memorial Theatre and had ourselves a private screening of the 2017 or 2018, depending on when you watched it, action-adventure film Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Fun and games. <laughs> Uh, but before we go on with all that, um, as you might be aware, the last episode that we recorded for last year featured uh, our new acquisition, f- um, uh, Motion Picture Incorporated, I Motion think, Picture yeah, something yeah. or other, MPI, yeah, yeah, MPI. Sure. and uh, we got as well with that um, our newest employee, Kieran. Now, unfortunately, Kieran has discovered that he has a better passion than being a movie, theater, uh, movie executive. Uh, as we were coming up... Uh, into the board or into the green room one day, he looked at the factory floor and he saw all the lawyers out there and this little sparkle came to his eye. He, he stopped for a moment. He questioned what he was doing with his life and he decided to become a lawyer. Oh, really? For our studio. Off, yeah. off to law school. He's off to law school. Yeah. The really good news is though, his mum's staying on for our merchandising. Oh, brilliant. So, I Excellent. mean, that's, you know... That's that's great. I mean, I wasn't even expecting to get his mum in this uh, in this deal, but yeah, there it no, is. she's she's making our K N I G HDS uh, yep. action figures uh, with her sewing machine, churning them out. So yep. yeah. Now, obviously, this does impact on the production of the film that we were going to release in time for the holidays, which was, of course, called Under One Roof. A, a K N I G tale, um, but not the but not sitcom, the, the Singaporean sitcom of the same name, but still but all starring uh, Andrew Lee. Yep, um, uh, a, a mid-season, mid-season fable. Fable, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, so his departure has obviously impacted a lot. He was collaborating on the story with Stephen V King. Um, but now that he is a lawyer, we're kind of in a bit of a development rut. Yeah, well, film. it's a really weird thing about the mid-seasonal uh, movie release schedule is mm. that you have a very small window to do it. And if you miss it one year, yep. you have to wait all the way to the next year before right, you can yeah. actually uh, put yep. it out again. Yep. So, well, well, look, we'll lock it down now. We'll lock down the release date of uh, December 15th, 2018. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. Whatever the release day, it's normally Thursdays they come out. I couldn't okay. tell you which is Thursday, or otherwise you do Boxing Day or New Year's Day. You know, why do we want to be like every other film? That's true. I mean, why we, do we want to come out on the Thursday? Exactly. Maybe we want to do Wednesday. Mid-seasonal's not necessarily uh, right. December. For, yeah. for every, and and not, ah, all, not all countries use the same calendar, indeed, so, you know. Indeed. Well, whenever it comes out, it'll be out sometime later this year. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. We're fine with it, though. I mean, we didn't have a big tentpole at the cinema this uh, holiday period but um i mean because if you as soon as you miss that um christmas window mm. you're right into award season like award season's rocking on now and we're we're all guns blazing uh for that schmoozing and whining and dining and champagneing Mm. and i mean you can probably hear my voice is a little bit off (laughs) it's because i've drunk so much champagne trying (laughs) to get those oscar votes in you've also been drinking a lot of our branded tequila as well true yeah the the tequila gold (laughs) i tell you that um as as you know, nice as it tastes going down, I can tell you coming back up the other way, it ruins the vocal cords. So. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's good to be back. Good it to be is. back. Welcome to 2018. Indeed. Um, but before we go on with our feature film this week, I think it's time for This Week in Trailers. Yes. So, Isaac, what did we watch this week? Uh, we watched a trailer called Breaking In. Yes, we did. Uh, which was a bit of a weird one, to be honest, mm. because 
Um, it's kind of like reverse panic room, I suppose, is probably yes. the best way of describing it. Mm. Um, a, a mother uh, inherits a house from her father, takes yeah. her kids up there for the weekend to find, you know, because I think the father must have passed away, mm. has been willed to her. They, they go there and like, wow, this house is super high tech and it's got yeah. bulletproof glass and, and shielded windows and security systems so no one can break in. Mm. And then it turns out, oh, that someone does break in. But instead of, you know, Jodie Foster and um, Twilight Girl being stuck inside <laughs> the panic room, uh, this time the mother's stuck outside the panic room and her mm. kids and the burglars are stuck inside. And she yep. then has to break in to rescue her kids. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's kind of, it, it feels, it's in the sort of similar vein of the, uh, in terms of style, it's, it's that taken high octane action Yeah, if, thriller, if, if taken was in a single location with yeah. a, a single sort of like it seems like one location single house was taken sort of a bit all over the place yeah. solving the mystery mm. but definitely there's bad guys I am I am a parent and you have taken my kids and we need to mm. do whatever it takes to uh, to rescue to rescue them kids. yeah and then the the mother so it's a mother and her two children uh, and the mother character essentially becomes a kind of action hero yeah uh, you know you can't stop me kind of I have a very extraordinary set of skills kind of um think there's a line in it where she says uh I'm a mom you have no idea what I'm capable of and I don't know it just felt really bizarre and I think that it has nothing to do with her being a mom it'd be the same if it was the dad yeah, it's I mean, just a really bizarre line the, the, I think though I find the stranger thing is it's coming out on Mother's Day in yeah, the US it's, it's, it's yeah. like oh yeah take your mom to see this you, <laughs> and, and then empower mothers to go yeah you know what I would murder a bunch of people <laughs> to save my kids now that I really think about it. it yeah maybe it is just a heartwarming tale right like it's just there's there maybe there's an audience for this out there somewhere of really high octane uh, thrill seeking mothers who want to be thrown in a situation <laughs> like this just so they can prove their skills exactly. I don't know maybe maybe that is uh, everyone every uh, woman who's had a child out there mm. like deep in their heart knows there's nothing I wouldn't do for That's this right, thing, including yeah. clinging by the ends of my <laughs> fingers to a step from a staircase <laughs> Spider-Man style yep. to avoid the uh, yep. Or stabbing, stabbing a guy in the heart with a yeah, broken wine yeah. glass. Oh, there's like shots of her like clambering over the roof with a rope and, and sort of dropping down from the ceiling and, and uh, stabbing people in the chest. And it's, yeah, it's, it's maybe it's because we're not parents. Maybe we exactly. don't understand Exactly, and maybe it's because we're not women as well. We, we, don't, we don't have that secret microchip buried in the back <laughs> of our brains that when our kids get kidnapped, it Matrix-style <laughs> downloads martial arts training into our brains so we can rescue them. Yes, that's we right. We wouldn't know at all what that's it's like, so... Uh, but that's not the only film um, containing, you know, high octane against all odds kind of stakes, is it? Because we watched uh, another, another trailer. trailer. So, okay, so this uh, it's called Show Dogs. Yeah. It stars Will Annette and yes. you, it opens up uh, and he's a cop and is talking about, like, why do we have dogs in here? Um, and you go, oh, this is going to be a canine or what Turner and Hooch style uh, buddy cop yeah. where the, the buddy is a dog and you're like okay it's been a while since we've seen one of those and then the dog opens its mouth and starts speaking yeah. and there's this, this moment of like what are you doing <laughs> and so it is that body, buddy cop thing they're trying to infiltrate a, mm. a dog show because it's being a, a front for animal smuggling and the dog is talking. The dog is talking, yeah. And it's not a kind of like only the dogs can understand each other kind of talking. No. It's a everyone the, can understand. Somehow them. in this world, all dogs can speak and have personalities. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I really thought uh, like Will Arnett would be 
the title card, um, the the main character in this film. Yeah. But he plays second fiddle. Fiddle. <laughs> he plays second fiddle to um to this talking dog, uh, voiced and, by Ludacris. Yeah, Ludacris. And then halfway through the trailer, it's like from the guys who bought you <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty much right. And the Smurfs. I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty there as well. And Scooby Doo. And Scooby Doo. And I'm like, yep, yeah, this is exactly how this feels. <laughs> and I was kind of going. You know, we could probably use a heartwarming cop falls in love with a dog partner kind of film, and then this I'm like, ah, oh, we no, we, don't, we do not that. need this. I film. was getting initially it was going to be, oh, maybe this is going to be Turner and Hooch all over again. No, no, it's not. There's no endearing Tom Hanks. There's no um, overly cute uh, dog who just is a dog, and you can't really get angry at it because it's a dog. No, it's just re- it's really weird as well because the CGI is now at a stage where. It looks relatively realistic, but yeah. they're all doing shapes with their mouths that dogs just cannot do. Yeah. Uh, and it looks really, really bizarre. And of course, there's a whole bunch of really bizarre jokes in it. Like, there's a bit where Will Arnett is waxing the bikini zone of his partner. Yeah. And again, I have to question how he got to that point in the script where that is a situation that's happening. But, you know, there's the classic, like, oh, it, it really hurts kind of thing. And then the dog screams and then they cut to the outside and everyone's listening to it and it's just like yeah so so the only like i am a bit of an emotional robot when it comes to (laughs) films and you can kill any person you want in a film and i just will not care at all the moment a dog (laughs) gets hurt or dies in a book or a film yeah i get teary (laughs) and i feel as though they're gonna try for a moment in this film and just it's gonna be so horrible that i'm not gonna care i don't i I don't know i reckon i reckon ludicrous dog is gonna take a bullet at some stage like, I don't agree with that because if if Will Arnett is playing second fiddle to Ludacris, then it will be Will Arnett who takes the bullet for the dog. No main character takes a bullet for someone else. It's always a secondary character. Yeah, that's true. And the dog's almost always the secondary character yeah. in those buddy cop films. But so not ma- in this one. Maybe it's a yeah, the role reversal. Yeah. So will you care if Will Arnett takes a bullet for the dog? <laughs> Absolutely not. What has happened to Will Arnett? I, I really don't know because he's... We, I think we talked about The Nut Job 2 as being a film yeah. that comes out and, and that weird nexus of these 3D kids animated films that mm. what they come out and are forgotten as soon as they, um, they're they yeah. released. Will Arnett's in a lot of them yeah. and he's gone off... He's, it's like they must have backed up a truckload just, of cash to his door and just said please be in our film and he's just like yeah all right i think we're gonna have to rescue him at some point cast him in something good yeah maybe he, he deserves like a, a jim carrey style serious film yeah. rather you know we'll put him maybe in our does, yeah in our uh the majestic two because <laughs> that was that was a definitely a serious film that oh, is a sure, shining yeah, yeah. beacon of radiance absolutely. in jim carrey's filmography so. absolutely but uh, speaking of sequels yeah. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. See, so you say sequel. It doesn't have the number two in it. It doesn't so have the number two in it. How are we to know? We know? No. It's not like G2... Exactly. Two, 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 two. Um, do we want to do a two-minute recap of this film? I think we're going to have to. Uh, it will at least ground our conversation somewhat. Uh, so... Judging, judging by the state of my voice, I'm actually going to pass the duties off to you. Oh, to me. I, I know it was supposed to be mine, but yep. uh, talking for two minutes straight doesn't okay. really seem like uh, my cup of tea at the moment. I'll give it a shot. Uh, I will not remember character names. And look, the thing is, this story is quite simple, so it may just be a really basic recap that, uh, yeah, it's not going to be well, that Let's just hard. do it. Have a crack. Right, here we go. Your time starts now. Right, so we, have, uh, we open with um, footage of the original Jumanji game board. Uh, from the 
six film Jumanji. Uh, it washes up on a beach, uh, and there's a, a couple of people running pie. Uh, one person runs by, stops when the drum beat stops, picks up the game board and takes it home. Um, this guy tells his brother, son, one of the two, uh, one of his family relatives about this board game. The kid looks at it. He's like a bit of a metal kid. It's it's 1996, uh, and he's like, board games? Who plays those? And he puts it aside and continues playing video games. Um, during the night, the... Jumanji board kind of uh, transforms, and yeah, it somewhat becomes so, like when he says no one plays board games anymore. It's like the Jumanji board goes, "Oh, thanks for telling me that." Yeah, oh, I need to find something that's more relevant. He mm. was playing a video game, so it it turns create, in- creates a video game cartridge yep. based on the uh, yeah. suggestion. So it becomes a video game cartridge. Uh, this kid wakes up in the middle of the night after you know seeing all this green light go off. Notices that it's now a, um, a video game, plugs it in, and is immediately sucked into the game, from what we can tell. Uh, we flash forward to probably today, 2017, 2018. It's never explicitly referenced, but yeah. Well, they say 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. So, so that gives it a bit of a leeway. So anywhere yeah. between 2016 and now. Yep. Uh, and we are introduced to four different high school students. We've got the nerdy... A uh, shy character whose name is, I don't know, it's implied that he's Jewish because he drops a lot of... He says Oive quite a lot. Quite a lot. Uh, we've got the jock high school, uh, the jock football player uh, called Fridge because he's kind of big and hulking. Uh, we've got the kind of social media obsessed, peppy, bubblegum, blonde chick whose name I've also forgotten. And then we've got... Bethany? Brittany? Be- yeah, Bethany sounds Probably. about right. Uh, and then we've also got the socially awkward... Um, sort of bookish, bookish, uh, nerd girl character whose name is something. Don't remember. Uh, anyway, they all get into trouble throughout the day, and they're all consigned to detention, a la the Breakfast Club. Um, they are then consigned to clean out the basement of this school because they're turning it into an IT room. Uh, and in doing so, they discover this old video game system with a copy of Jumanji plugged into it. They plug in the game, turn it on, and they immediately get sucked into the game as well after choosing their player characters. Um, they all land in this jungle, and they all realize they've suddenly become avatars in this video game. So nerdy Jewish boy has become Dwayne Johnson. Uh, the peppy blonde girl has become uh, Jack Black, who's a portly middle-aged white middle-aged man. Smart dude, he's a, a cartographer and a something else. Um, the socially awkward girl has become a sort of ass-kicking ninja girl, yeah, I guess, martial, arts, martial arts, arts badass. And Fridge, the football player, has become this sort of like dweeby, tiny little mouse. Not a mouse, but his nickname is Mouse, and he's sort of second fiddle or the um, sidekick to Dwayne Johnson's character. Uh, they all discover that they've landed in uh, the island called Jumanji or the location called Jumanji. Um, there's a green gemerald or gr- a green gem yeah. that has cursed the island because a evil doer or an evil dude has stolen it uh, and they need to return it back to this panther big panther statue yeah, to lift a, the curse so the basic plot of like oh, they're trying to suggest that there is a, st- a narrative to the video and they've been sucked into mm. um 
some yeah weird guys in motocross bicycles came and were pretending they were just on like an archaeological find mm. to research it and one of the guys sort of turned evil and pried the gemstone from the giant panther's forehead mm. And then apparently by possessing the gemstone can control all of the animals in Jumanji and also by removing it has cursed Jumanji. Yep. And it just feels very un-Jumanji. Yeah. It just feels like that this story and the previous iteration, which I think may have been 95, they said at the start they find the board game in 96. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, they just feel incompatible. Like the, the two stories do not exist in the same universe, even though they try very, very hard to marry the two. Mm. It's like, oh, really? Because like, they, they shot one stage, there's a, a hut in the woods, and Alan, Alan Parrish was here, is carved yeah, into the yeah. wood. And it's like, oh, his house, he built this house here. But mm. if that's the case, then he also existed in a world where there was like a Turkish bazaar marketplace and there was video game lives and he should have had an avatar of a character. I'm like, these worlds are not compatible. I don't know what you're trying to do. Oh, who knows? Who knows? I think... Um, anyway, to continue the recap, basically these four characters uh, go on a journey. They go through various what they call levels where the stakes get higher and more difficult. They go through various adventures and uh, travails. Um, they meet up with the um, metal kid who got sucked into the game initially. 20 years earlier. 20 years yeah. earlier, and then they become a... A five person, a five some, yeah, five some, yep. Uh, and then they return the emerald. The end. Yeah. So I mean, the the basic overtone of the story is that um, these characters who are from different social groups within the school mm. have to overcome their differences to work together as a team because they yeah. all have special abilities that yeah. only work together when they're all together. Yes. Uh, and they can only solve all the all the puzzles by utilizing all of their strengths and having other people's strengths cover their own weaknesses. Yeah. And um and and also putting them in physical bodies that are almost the exact opposite of what they are usually. Yes, I mean that's that is a theme, but I don't think it's the purpose of the game. But no, anyway, no, 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 but that's, but it's, that's it's yeah part of the humor of the film uh, as well. So we'll touch very, very, I say briefly, but as a big irk of mine mm. um, is the humor of the film. So it is a get sucked into a video game mm. plot. It is simultaneously a body swap plot, yep. and it's a teen um, angst plot as well so you've got all all those three elements working together Mm. and then secondary to that is the fact that they're in a jungle yeah whereas you look at jumanji and jumanji is a bonding together as a family Mm. through the trials of the jungle it's 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 very clean in that it's only trying to do one thing Mm -hmm. um through the narrative of having to overcome the problem of animals whereas this is doing trying to do three things Whilst and then animals like sort of play a secondary figure, fiddle to this um, motocross gang of cursed gemstone hunters. Yeah, and you're like, well, where? Why are we in a jungle? If I mean, again, anyway, I just, I, I just don't know what it's trying to do, or what it's trying to say, or what. I, I think, I think what you'll find with this film, if you probably dig into the history of it, not that you'll ever be able to find this out properly, but I imagine that this film started off as something else. Yeah, so I think this was we, an original idea of some kind. We discussed kind. that as, you know, the the sketch where the, they come in and they go, I've written this idea of people who get sucked into a video game yep. and they've rebranded it Jumanji because they're trying to get people sucked. And we wouldn't if have watched it. it. Yeah. If, if it was Jack Black and uh, Dwayne 
Johnson and <laughs> Kevin Hart and Karen Gillan mm-hmm. and Reese Darby and Nick Jonas uh, have been sucked into a video game. Reese Darby's not sucked in. He's actually an NPC, but let's not get into that. Um, I wouldn't have watched the film, but no. the, you, you put Jumanji at the top of it. And I'm like, okay, we'll go see it to see what it's like. Well, I, don't, I kind of disagree there. I think that if they had steered into that more intently and said, well, it, let's do a thing where people have been sucked into a video game and that, let's actually make it more like, let's just look at all the video game tropes and actually go... See, well, there's the other thing that I wanted to bring up is it, it relies very heavily on analysing video game tropes in a very cursory manner of going, oh, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. Oh, here's, you know, uh, the number of lives that we have. Mm. Here's the structure of a game and we have to go through le- certain levels and that goes it'll get harder and harder. It just it feels like, um, and they, they don't they don't go they don't lean to they don't go well this is a, a we got sucked into a video game and the person who's good at it can solve all the problems mm. it's kind of like glanced over and I'm like I wish it wasn't there at all because it's again anything you self referential and that sort of meta yeah we're in a video game we know we're in a video game just doesn't feel like Jumanji at all yeah um well and- no if if this were an original film. And it was more... Because the way that they use video games in this film makes makes no bearing, right? So occasionally certain characters, certain NPC characters, as they call them, so non-playable characters, um, will just loop their lines of dialogue. Yeah. And it's and the other characters sort of say, oh, they're video game character. But then nothing else really comes from that ever. It's just those little tiny moments where it's just like, oh, remember we're in a video game. Yeah. And they kind of acknowledge it to try and draw a little bit of humour. Yeah. And just in doing so detracts from the world that they're trying to create. And I think they also did it for the lives system as well. So all the characters have like these um, three tattoos on their arm. So three black lines on their arm, which indicate how many lives they have. So they start with three lives. And as they, you know, get into certain situations, which causes them to die, they lose a life. And so the stakes get tighter as the film progresses. But... How is I don't understand why that's actually there, because at the end Kevin Hart's character says to Dwayne when Dwayne's having this sort of panic moment where he's like I can't actually do this I've only got one life left um, I'm not the big action hero that I'm meant to be and Dwayne's like dude we all have one life that's yeah. just how real life works we I'm all like, well, only have the one life the film would have been much stronger if you just started off with one life as well and yeah. made the whole thing more perilous because they they. There's moments there as well where they just kind of throw away lives on yeah. little like arguments. Like Kevin Hart gets pissed off, so just pushes Dwayne the Rock Johnson off the cliff, and yeah. he's he dies. And like, well, what was the point of that? Or like, you know, to to introduce the concept that they do have multiple lives. Jack Black just gets eaten by a hippo. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Uh, they go, oh, sorry, um, Kevin Hart, and uh, Dwayne pushes him mm. into a. St- path of stampeding rhinos to distract them it's just like oh well i guess we're in a world where limes exist and mm-hmm. oh you know. and you can transfer them too because there's a bit later on where oh, no. the jonas brother gets sort of bitten gets bitten by, by a mosquito, mosquito which is one of his weaknesses apparently and that causes him to slowly die unlike every other death that's happened in the film yeah and because jack black is the peppy blonde uh, cheer- uh cheerleader type character and she sort of falls for this um, video game avatar. Yeah. They've developed this weird kind of semi-romantic uh, relationship and she sort of inadvertently gives him one of her lives without sort of realising what so she's she doing So she performs initially. CPR on him and in doing so transfers one of her lives to him yeah. to save him. 
in a weird moment where, yeah, the, none of this sort of worked. Everyone else just sort of explodes or dies mm. suddenly and then is reborn, whereas this is a very slow death. And his weakness is, mis- like, they, they go through a harrowing helicopter battle and finally escapes. And mm. he's like, yes, I'm out. And it's a, oh, my weakness is mosquitoes. I'm going to die now. <laughs> Having spoken of that, Karen Gillan's character's weakness is his venom. Yeah. Everyone is weak to venom. venom. Like, yeah, it's just like, oh, oh, what are you weak, weak to? I'm weak to getting shot by bullets. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the same with everyone. I'm like, weak to lack of oxygen. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about dick jokes? Oh, and, yes, please. Uh, specifically, um, who is this film for? Because no in idea. in our uh, private screening, which was 100% um, organized by the studio. And Sony, again, yes. like, I yep. mean, they were very apologetic that they couldn't get us a private screening, mm, mm. Um, like, like anywhere sooner than four weeks after the release date of the film. Sony Sony literally came into the office. They put bags over our heads and marched us out. And they said, look, we're going to fly you to Hollywood to watch this film. It didn't feel like we were flying to Hollywood. It really just felt like a drive, like maybe 10 or 15 minutes yeah. down the road. Um, and then they marched us into some kind of theater and sat us down and took our hoods off. Uh, and we thought we were in a private screening. And then we turned around yeah. and there was just but other people in there. Lots of parents with like maybe seven to ten year old kids yeah, in there yeah. and are thinking going hey we watched this cool film in 95 and it was kind of like a family kind mm. of actiony film this is as I mentioned part teen angsty kind yeah. of uh, and there are a lot of dick jokes, obviously with the hilarious comedy that a girl is now in a boy's body yeah. like um, peeing for the first time with a penis and yeah. um, and then oh, and then there's a scene where uh, because She's yeah. got this thing for the Jonas Nick, boy. Nick Jonas, and they hug, and there's like, oh, this romantic tension, but like he inadvertently gets an erection yeah. that they all talk about. Yeah. And he's like, there's seven to ten year old kids in here yeah. during these erection and penis peeing jokes. Yeah. I think 14 and 15 year old um, teenagers were supposed to go and watch this film. Yeah. I think that's who, like, the. the you know, that's the age of the the kids in the film, mm. um, burgeoning pubescence and relationships and awkwardness in yeah. high school. They were not the age of the kids in the <laughs> cinema. There was there was eight year old girls in there. I'm like, these erection jokes are not for you, little girls. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, it's not your parents' fault either because if you if your parents are taking you to see in the '95 Jumanji, this is the kind of film that you know is for you. Like, yeah. I think I watched that when I was what ten years old. Yeah, nine, I watched nine it when or it ten came years out, old. It was really good, really yeah. entertaining family action adventure. This is not a family film. No, it's by not. any stretch of the imagination. It's a hundred percent. So, why would you make a? Why would you call it Jumanji if you if it's not for the same age group as the original ones? Because it's sucker. It's suckers in people our age now who are starting to become. Par- we'll never become parents because no. we're too busy being studio executives i but also think yeah the you know the proximity that i i sit to the uh, going through that um uh, teleportation sting yeah. has rendered me sterile as well <laughs> so uh, oh, damn it you know there's there's other reasons all right yeah that's fair we should just come up with our com- a completely original film idea uh, has no like we just go we're not even going to take any uh, influence from anyone anyone else and then at the end yep. we just go what other film can we slap into the title here <laughs> yep. to to make it fit in yeah, there and exactly. then we'll, we'll clunkily put in an opening scene that yep. references it we'll yep. clunkily put one reference in the middle yes. and we'll just go yeah it's yep. spiritually in the same vein as yeah, that absolutely all right so I mean, look we we have unraveled this film to a point sure. where we could rant about it for ages about how the consistency of um how the the time travel <laughs> reverse of sure. the effects yep. of should work when it finishes yep. the game and uh, how anyway but also, in, yep. instead of getting cranky we're going to go we're just going to come up with our own film our, yes. uh, from scratch yep. anything that we want to do yep. 
Um, and, and then we'll figure out where wait, it fits. There's no restrictions this yeah. week. There's Any no, license, anything yeah, exactly. you want, we'll, we'll take it. And, and we'll shove it um, in there. to do that, we yes. need to be in the green room. We do indeed. So do you want to take us there? I'm going to take you there. Let's go. And we're in the uh, green room. Yeah, I'm. I am so gr- glad that I went to that sperm bank uh, 15 <laughs> years ago and had my uh, DNA frozen. Yeah, yeah, like I, I just there's a tingling down there after every trip. Yeah, and, uh, it's. I say tingling. It's more of a burning. It's, and penicillin well, I, does not help. I so. mean, you know what I've found as well. Just the shape of it starting to be a much more flat. Oh really? Because mine's formless. gone. Mine's going a little bit more corkscrew. Oh, is it? Than, okay. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, so. Oh. oh well. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to get up here, <laughs> unless I mean, unless we're going to go I mean, no, past the lawyers. We can't because I've rented out the elevator space now to oh, really? um, another company. Okay, we got to make the money somewhere. Yeah. We're away for quite a long time. I mean, yeah. we weren't making movies, so we oh. had to like <laughs> had I to mean, rent out the elevator. If a, if a studio is, you know goes four weeks without putting out a film, yeah. they go bust. They do, yeah, uh, really. And I, so, you, you should be thanking me for salvaging and exactly. saving the studio. Right. But as a result, we can't use the lift anymore. Completely blank slate this week, AJ. Completely what, blank. What do you want to make? What film? What's what's been sort of you know. Um, there an idea percolating in the back of your mind somewhere that you go you know what i really want to make a song and dance musical or yeah i really want to make uh um anything could be anything okay um i don't know if we can say anything because the first word that came to mind was pinball machine pinball machine i love it i love it to death so can we do so here's a you know what we haven't done we haven't done a documentary yet i mean we've done We've kind of done as side projects, like little yeah. series about the making of certain films and whatnot, but we haven't really done a, a proper full-blown doco, something along the lines of Blackfish or or the um, or Going Clear, the Scientology doco. Um, is this where we should be going? Should we be hedging our bets on documentary or pseudo-documentary, faux-documentary? I like I like the mockumentary style. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of really good like this is Spinal Taps. They, they, they've mm. done music uh, to death. I, there was a Peter Jackson mockumentary that I watched was there? years ago about like a New Zealand filmmaker. Yep. That I, I only jumped into like maybe 20 minutes in. Mm. Didn't know it was a mockumentary, <laughs> and for years thought like you know this guy Peter Jackson had uncovered the fact that there was a New Zealand guy who had uh, been the first to do mm. uh, manned flight. Before, like two weeks before the Wright brothers did, and I went around telling people these facts that I'd learned from this film that was okay. just like completely false. So, so. so, do we want to do something like that that actually convinces people that? Yeah. So we do a mockumentary, but it has to be so close to. I, look, uh, to be fair, like so, there's a really great documentary called The King of Kong. Yep. Which is about the one of the guys who you know tried to break the all-time record, and there's this like really weird dynamic between the current record holder and the new up-and-comer, mm. and these videotapes that surface to prove mm. scores and all this sort of stuff, and like you can. The, the thing is, like, there's documentaries that come around like that and they only work because of timing because mm. it just sort of, like, happens to be, oh, there's this great dynamic. I'm sure thousands of documentaries get made where there's just not that natural tension in there mm. and it makes it really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll still try and do it as sort of as close to the truth as possible, but mm. if we have to tweak a couple of details, yeah, of if yeah, there's yeah. an antagonist that comes along and says, get yeah. away from my pinball machine, <laughs> kid, I'm the sheriff around here, then, you know, and if that guy may be a paid actor, but we don't tell our yeah. guy that we're doing the documentary about, yeah. and, you know, if there's, you know, we have to CGI oh, in cool. some I know things the character you're talking about, it's Brandon Paddles. 
Brandon Paddles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, he, he, he's, for the last 30 years, been the pinball wizard of yeah. the arcade. They call him the Maverick, actually. Yeah. Um, it is a bit weird, like, yeah, that his last name is Paddles, and they, they haven't incorporated that into his nickname at all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're just like the Maverick. Cause yeah. They call him the Ball Maverick, which is yeah. really weird. You'd think they'd go for Paddles, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. some say he was born into that role, and that... Um, his sort of destiny was there as soon as his birth certificate was signed. So what I really like about this documentary mm. is that we, the, the subject of the documentary thinks he's in a documentary. Okay, But, but yeah. everyone else has a script. Yep. And they're, they're, so it's like, yeah, this it's like a, a fake but also simultaneously real, real yeah. documentary. Okay, great. So is the documentary going to be about Brandon Paddles or is it going to be... I thought, I thought Brandon Paddles would be the antagonist. He's so, the antagonist. So we do need our protagonist. Yeah. Our, our sort of, we need a, a kind of like every person kind of character. Yeah. Someone who is just, could be anyone. You pluck anyone I mean, off really, the street. I, I think what we do is we legitimately hold a pinball competition. Uh, yeah, great idea. And, and sort of, that's sort of the basis of it. Yep. And we, we pick a guy like who's up and coming. Yeah. And, and we kind of go, oh, you've won your regional pinball championships. Yeah. Yep. And then you should come to our... Um, elite tournament, mm. pinball tournament, yep. where we're you know talking about the rise and decline of pinball machines yep. and how it used to be sort of all mechanical, and now there's mm. video game elements to it yep. and tie-in machines, and we do like some like legitimate research, and it's also an excuse for us to buy pinball machines because <laughs> they're super expensive, <laughs> yeah, they and are. everyone wants one in their house, but like they yeah. can't ever justify yeah. it. So, so we can do a tax deduction on that. Yeah, exactly, too. tax deduction. Right. Um, and and he he's like, okay, he'll come along or she, whoever whoever happens to yep. sort of win those regions. Mm-hmm. And then everyone there is these like weird caricatures of like people from eighties movies. <laughs> I think we might even get John Cusack to yeah. be like the the eccentric billionaire yeah. who we, has yep. put together the the tournament. Yep. And like uh, Matthew Broderick as well. We yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's just like he's playing this game and it's just like if I lose this, there's gonna be nuclear war. And the good thing <laughs> is that like I'm sure like this because this kid is probably like maybe like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. I have no idea who John Cusack Not or Matthew clue, Broderick yeah. is. Like like anyone who is you know it's right. remotely older or shopping going, what's John Cusack and Matthew Broderick doing here yeah. but 14 to 15 year olds no don't idea. know that there's we a, get Molly a, Ringwald in there yeah. as well there's a bit in Jumanji where um, the the kid from 1996 who gets sucked into the game initially starts dropping reference to all these 90s people like Cindy Crawford and using sort of lingo from that getting time jiggy getting jiggy with it. with it and all the other characters are going who are you talking about or what are you talking about so yeah it totally works we need to drop yeah who else came from the 80s that's still around <laughs> Look, we can just get the Breakfast Club guys. Get the Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah, I all, was they're thinking. All in there. But, and they're also the they're playing guys. like obscene caricatures yep. as well. Yep. So we get, um, uh, who's Ducky? Who's in Two and a Half Men? What's uh, his name? Um, John? John. Oh. John Ducky. John, John Ducky. Yeah. John Ducky. Ducky will come in. Um, Cryer is his John last Cryer, name. John that's the one. Um, he might be recognized because he's actually had he's on-screen work. Now, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We, we grab anyone that hasn't been in film since the eighties that we <laughs> we recognize as kids of the eighties, but kids of the Jesus, like they would probably be born in like two thousand and five. um just have absolutely no idea. We can and almost say kids of the twenties. There's like you know studded leather punk guys who are just like I'm the pinball wizard. I'm gonna right, yeah. and, and there's like kids just totally freaked out. It's I mean, like the, the tough guy, the tough kid from the Breakfast Club hasn't really been in anything since the Breakfast Club either. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. And so yeah. So we and the, what we're doing is just filming this kid mm. getting freaked out by these fifty-year-old guys <laughs> and, and girls who are 
pretending like they're like teen caricatures yeah, with the yeah. same teen characters as they played in all those John Hughes 80s films. Absolutely, yes. Um, and it's sort of set in the background of like a giant pinball tournament. <laughs> and obviously we're sort of rigged the machines to, so yeah. they like, this kid's constantly winning their like yeah, showdown yeah. by like a couple of points and you never going to know yeah. who's going to win. And so we actually get to film the, the actual yeah. re- reactions, real life reactions of this kid who doesn't know that they're in a film yeah. versus these middle-aged... And, um, and see, what I would like to happen as well is at some point that kid needs to be accused of cheating. Oh, of course. The, the the pinball machine is rigged. Um, he's corked his balls. He's corked his yeah. balls. <laughs> um, he's uh, getting, yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's, you know how pinball machines have that tilt thing where yeah, like, exactly. now he's sort of switched that, or he or she has switched that device yeah. off uh, and can freely oh, yeah. tilt the table. And Brand, I think Brandon Paddles is also like, maybe well, Brandon like- Paddles should be behind it, right? Yeah. So Brandon Paddles actually sabotages the machine so that our, he- our plucky hero uh, or heroine uh, is accused of cheating. Can you just imagine this like 12 or 13 year old kid just being berated <laughs> and accused of cheating by these adults and just like having no idea what's going on and where they say with the cameras filming it going gold. Yeah. This is gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your emotions are real and it's delicious. <laughs> Now, are we going to do the kind of, uh, are we going to do sort of asides, sort of one-on-one interviews as asides as well? Oh, the talking heads. Or is it going to be fly, a fly-on-the-wall kind of thing? Um, or both? Really? I, yeah, I think a, a bit of both. Bit of I both, think yeah. it's whatever documentary style seems to work. I think we'll try with a, a sort of a whole bunch of, yeah. you know, different ways of... Hidden cameras, plus yeah. uh, obviously proper cameras that are just out oh, there. Oh, you know what's really cool? Docker. We can actually mount cameras inside like the back panel of the, the yeah. pinball so you can yep. actually get the people's reactions as yep. they're playing games. If we can and- mount a camera inside one of the balls as well so you can actually Oh, that's really cool as well. Yeah. The, the pinball machine. Um, who's going to play just while we're here? Who's going to play uh, Paddles? Brandon Paddles. Brandon is Paddles, a, yeah. It's an interesting question. Who's, who's a big name star of the 80s who we haven't really talked about yet? I mean, do we need to... Stallone? Oh dear! Like Stallone, Is he too recognizable? I, he wasn't. He wasn't playing. He was playing an adult in the seventies. I think we need people <laughs> who are playing kids in the eighties. Ah, okay. Yep. Um. Oh, do we go? What about? Oh, we need to get. Um. What's his name? Uh, Sean Astin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sean uh, Astin can jump in there. I don't think he's a Brandon Paddles. I think he like think s- sidles f- up to our main guy and it's like, yep. like as is, you know, the unlikely friendship. Yep. Come on, like I got eliminated in the first round, but I believe yep. in you. And he's constantly got his giant bucket of soft drink yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. sipping out of his like, oh, do you hear that Brandon Paddles is on the other side of the drawers yeah, you yeah. and he's he's steaming up and no one can catch him. But I believe, and this I, kid's <laughs> just like, dude, you're like 60. This is super weird, Sean Astin. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. He, Sean Astin should be playing a 14 year old yeah uh, or just mannerisms and just the way that he talks he needs to be like a 14 year old kid from the 80s so do we, maybe maybe we get so john cusack is the eccentric billionaire who's yep. put together the pinball tournament yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. we get matthew broderick to play brandon paddles, brandon paddles yeah i yeah. reckon he could do it yeah exactly because it's side of i i want to sort of play him against his ferris bueller style antics and make him go there's actually, have you, you've seen Inspector Gadget, right? The live action. I Inspector, haven't, I haven't oh, actually, haven't? I'm oh, aware that he's in it. He I'm aware that it. French Stewart may also be in the sequel, <laughs> yes, possibly, yes, but yes. sure. Uh, but there's a bit in that film where um, Inspector Gadget gets cloned and they make an evil Inspector Gadget. And it is just Matthew Broderick with some ridiculous teeth extension <laughs> uh, and looking very maniacal and very crazy and madcap. And he does all these things like setting things on fire and messing with kids' heads and stuff. So 
I think he's got the range to play. Right. To play I, I, evil. I was suggest. I thought you were suggesting we try and do like a uh, the social network, <laughs> and we get one person oh, to yeah, play yeah. twins. Twins, yeah. But it'll be super difficult because oh, so the paddles uh, twins. Oh, of course, exactly. Of course. There's a Brandon Paddles and a Brendan Paddles, <laughs> and Matthew Broderick's playing both of them and having to do Mrs. Doubtfire-style <laughs> costume changes, and, and then, like, trying to get, like... Oh, okay, one, so it's not like we're not going to have two of them there. No, we can't. It's just going to be... There's only one Matthew Broderick, and he has to be doing... He so, has to playing two okay, twins, so because means, it's a documentary, we can't see GNN. Yeah, no, no, but that means in this story, I think that the way it should work, that in the real-life story... Brandon Paddles has invented Brendan Paddles as his twin, but he as doesn't actually exist. In the same way that Robin Williams invented invents Mrs. Doubtfire, and so they obviously can't be seen together. Right. That's how we also explain this. Like the character of Brandon Paddles has invented a secondary character, uh, his twin brother. And you almost have that, you know, primal fear where Edward Norton's like both simultaneously a psychopath and a, a young boy. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so the the young boy is the real character and the psychopath mm. is is like, no, oh, my real personality is the psychopath. And the, so so with Brandon and Brendan Paddles, yep. you're like, oh, so the nice guy has invented the the um the bully type <laughs> punk character. It's like, no, it's the other yeah. way around. Big twist, and everyone's just sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I love it, I love it. I also would like. Uh, for there to be very little physical difference between the two. Maybe, uh, so let's say Brandon parts his hair to the left. Yeah. But Brendan parts it to the right, and that's the only thing that's, that's separating the two of them. Because I was, I was imagining um, a Brandon with a great big sort of like 80s style punk mohawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yep. Yeah. So like and, leaning one way or the other. Oh, no, out. you know, uh, Brandon's mohawk has five spikes, and yep. Brendan's, Brendan's mohawk <laughs> has four spikes. Four, okay. <laughs> Um, uh. I can't make it too difficult. I'm just thinking, oh, he's got a green mohawk and the other guy's got a red. It's just, you know, those costume changes aren't going to... Yeah, it needs to be... He needs to be able to, like, duck out and then for the yeah. alter ego to also, come Also, yeah, one of them has a bad Scottish accent, sort of Mrs. <laughs> yeah, Doubtfire yeah, yes. style. It's like, but you're <laughs> twins, apparently, and should have grown up in the same house, apparently. We, How we, do you we, have different... They were separated at birth. Because it was a Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Right, separated yeah. at birth. Like, I think John Cusack just rocks up to set with this... Like, Matthew Broderick, sorry, rocks up with this massive backstory... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you've put way more thought into this than we have, Matthew. He's like, I haven't had a lot of work recently. Oh, so it's, so. Ac- it's actually Matthew Broderick that suggested this? Oh, absolutely. Okay, that's, I yeah, think that's so. fine. He's Look. taken his character to a, a whole new angle. Look, the artistic process is a collaborative process. Exactly. And I'm happy to be... Um, to have suggestions from our actors, from our producers, from our directors. Never our writers, though. Never. They can never contribute. <laughs> <laughs> they contribute once uh. for the initial screenplay, and that's it. And then it's up to us. All right. Okay. So what is now, now that we've come up with our own original brilliant film idea yep. that's so fantastic, yep. <laughs> we need to have it be the spiritual sequel to yep. an already existing film yes. or documentary yep. to try and get people in the door. Yep. Um, well, I know what my, my suggestion is going to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Truman Show 2. Oh, God, that's fantastic. Yep. But like, like uh, Jumanji did, it's not- oh, It can't it's, be two. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's Truman Show colon- Welcome to the something. Or well, no, no, it should be. We take it away. We change the word show and make it something different. So it's no longer a TV show. It's like the Truman movie. Yeah. So it's like the next step. Oh right, okay. You know what I mean. I still think it needs a colon and a um, okay and a the that's... Truman show. Oh yeah, okay. So it could be either the Truman movie or Truman show colon um uh paddles of destiny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, paddles of destiny. I like it. So maybe maybe we just don't, we don't even call it. It's just Truman colon paddles, paddles of, of destiny. destiny yeah and people are just like is it 
part of the Truman Show. I kind of feels a bit. It's actually even more Truman Show than Truman yeah. Show because, yeah, yeah. like, Jim Carrey knew he was in that film. So all we need to do, we need to now tangentially tie it right? into. Yeah, Jim Carrey knew he was in the Truman <laughs> Show, right? He knew he was acting in that I film. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> no, they did a. Uh, they did the same thing that they did in. Um, Oh, now Bowfinger. Bowfinger. Yeah, yeah. they Bowfingered Jim Jim Carrey into Truman Show. (laughs) Oh my God, layers upon layers. That would be crazy. So all we need now, we've got the the titled link to our film, but we do need the tangential uh, in-film link to the Truman Show. Um, Maybe it's a, could it be like a film that Truman watched while he was on the show was uh, Paddles, Paddles of Destiny? You so know, you know what we do. It's yep. one of the themes of the pinballs that they the thing is. The, okay, yep. yeah, you know how they have they have movie tie-in <laughs> yeah, yeah, Star yep. Wars or Indiana Jones or yep. Ghostbusters pinball. Yep. one of them is a Truman Show pinball, pinball machine. machine. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. And can we get uh, Ed Harris or Laura Linney or <laughs> not Bill Paxton? Sorry, Bill Paxton. No. Or Jim Carrey. Um, in. Yeah, we could. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a cameo. Uh, well, again, we'll just do the the same thing we do with. Um, uh, our president, um, yeah. Andy Garcia, we'll just give him a studio tour one day. You know, the, just, the weird uh, thing is, if we ask Jim Carrey to be in this film, he might be in the film and not notice. I mean, it's like, like he is transformative. Like, it's just like, oh, like Lemony Snicket's. He doesn't look like Jim Carrey, yeah. and the Grinch doesn't. He's, he gets that prosthetic on. Yeah, well, like he's no got a one's massive business. beard now as well. Yeah. so he really doesn't. And look it's like, like it's white, a giant, yeah. giant white beard. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um. He, he may be in the film and we don't even know. He could be... I would like... He could almost play... Um, he needs to play like a wizened old hobo character out in the street. So when... Oh, that is so, so good. So when our antagonist gets cast out of the pinball tournament because um, they've been cheating... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Accused of being cheating. Just, Obviously, we then go... Just discover that he wasn't cheating and he's mm-hmm. reinstated and we can yep. do the showdown. Yep. But there's a homeless man called Truman yep. in the back alley. <laughs> yeah. Played by Jim Carrey, yep. who gives him the sage wisdom yep. advice that allows him to sort of go back yep. in. Yep. And that's it. Truman, Paddles of Destiny. Truman, Paddles of Destiny. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, not a lot of documentaries get um, big cinematic releases. No. I think we're going to break that trend. And here's the other thing. A lot of documentaries don't have any uh, merchandising tie-ins, but think of all the pinball machines we Absolutely. can make. We can take the Truman Show pinball machine, modify it, so it's the Truman, Paddles of Destiny pinball machine. Yes, and there's a smaller pinball table within <laughs> that table. Yes. And you ha- somehow you show. also have to play pinball <laughs> just hitting that pinball machine yep, with your yep. own pinballs. It's uh, <laughs> turtles all the way down, as they say. Um, this is fantastic. It's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that's a wrap. I think it is. Um, uh, any housekeeping? We do actually have mm. a review on uh, iTunes. Oh, we do. That we, yeah. uh, we should read out because yeah. we did... Um, say what we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can do some of your other housekeeping while I, I bring that uh, up. So we are on the internet. We are at moviefilmstudios.net. That is our website where you can find all of our previous episodes as well as some lovely pictures of us and some other bits and pieces. We're obviously on Facebook as well, so give us a like, give us a comment. Try and guess what uh, film we're going to be uh, watching or discussing in our next episode as well. There's a nice little guessing game up on there that we post uh, and some lovely pictures from our private screening of uh, Jumanji. Um, we are on Twitter. We are at MovieFilmStudio on Twitter. Twitter has yet to grant us that extra S. Uh, I'm really tempted to just buy out Twitter at this point and uh, get them to add that extra S in there purely out of spite. Um 
as well as that, uh, find us on iTunes, find us on wherever you get podcasts on Android, pretty much any place you get podcasts, you can find us. Uh, if you can't find us, then run outside, yell really loudly until someone tells you to shut up or arrests you. One of the two. We'll be happy with either. Uh, the review comes from Dave What's-His-Name. Yes. Uh, do you want to read it out for us, AJ? I do indeed. Uh, it's titled, Full of Laughs and Film Humour. I've been working my way through the Movie Film Studios podcast episodes on my commute to work and find they keep getting better and better, brackets, and they started off good to begin with. If you love movies, like I do, then this funny podcast will soon be a favourite on your subscription list. The improvised reimagining of the film of the week always goes in unexpected directions. Keep the laughs coming, fellas. Four stars out of five. Four, st- four stars. Out of five. I, I mean, thanks for giving us a target to be better mm. because... Definitely, we didn't want a five-star review. <laughs> no, That's all right. All. No, we, we did promise we'd read out uh, all reviews, yep. uh, all comers. Yep. Um, I do believe as well that um, uh, Kieran, as part of his job interview pitch, yes. um, made a movie poster for K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Yes. Um, I should have been a bit softer on the HTS there. Yeah. I apologize. Um, so right. I, will, I think we'll share that one as well. Um, Put that one on uh, Facebook. Yep. Um, um, maybe we'll get an Instagram. Who knows? Yes. Uh, Sounds like a good idea. Everyone seems to love the Grammin. Yeah, all those all those social media. I don't believe we tweet much as well. We tweet when an episode's come out. So if you like to use Twitter purely for informational based purposes, <laughs> then please subscribe to our Twitter feed, and you'll know exactly when an episode comes out. Uh, we're not great at social media. No, we're too busy making films. Exactly. I mean, this is one of those many facets that you have to have to operate a business: is be social, make sure money's coming in, yep. be creative, yep. make sure the lawyers don't rise up yep. against you, rent out the elevator space to anyone that needs it, exactly. so we can keep ourselves afloat for an extra month. Well, on that note, I think it's time to wrap up this episode of Movie Film Studios. Yes. So, um, once again, thank you all for listening. I've been Isaac, and I've been AJ. Roll credits. Rock, 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 rock,